Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. This is the second week of our Lenten podcast series. Hopefully you are doing well so far, running the race, persevering, not stumbling or falling. But if you are, hey, Father Antony and Father Petrice are here to pick you up, set you on the right path with St. Francis. It's going to be a long Lent if you've already stumbled <laughs> on, your, <laughs> on your Lenten observance. But uh, I, I, if, Listen, if you're one of those people who's still ready, I just know that I'm in your corner. Maybe these two aren't, but I just say God's mercies are new every day. Pick yourself back up. Get back into the fight. Have no fear. Have no shame. The Lord and Peter Teresa on your side. I generally stay away from <laughs> corners. I try to stay somewhere in the middle of the room or maybe like a wall, but not in the corner. That's... Uh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why what we have against corners. Just saying. I'm not in a corner. You like the corner booth at the restaurant? You like to sleep in the, in the corner room in your bed? I mean, the so corner, like, corners are like, cozy places. Are you like a 70 times 7? If I was all like, hey, Father, I gave up cake for Lent, and it's you know it's been three days, and I've had a cake every, every, every day for Lent, um, I'm going to keep trying. And like, if after 40 days, I'm like, literally, I had a piece of cake every single day of Lent. And that's what I gave up for Lent. I mean, are you I'd like, like the gospel times says, I'd be like, the gospel says those who come at the last hour receive the same wage as those who came early in the day. I'd be like, you are, you're living the gospel, man. And the, and the mercy of. <laughs> Just give it up for one day. Hey, I mean, like, there's no, that does not disqualify you what, from well, the what, rewards. What if they were eating the cake with their hands and well, it was all over their face? While they're talking to you. <laughs> I'd be like, there's some other personal issues we gotta work through, but spiritually, you're okay. Humanly, you're, you got some issues. Oh, there's mercy coming out okay. from the Become Fire podcast. That's right. I love it. All we right. need it. So, uh, I guess you could hold on to that cake, but let's see what St. Francis says about cake. Father Anthony. Mm. I think he was the one who said, have your cake and eat it too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that wasn't St. Francis? Oh, my bad. Uh, one of the other sayings of St. Yeah, Francis. Many, many, many sayings of St. Francis that are not real, but <laughs> do not look up sayings of St. Francis on the internet. You're going to find a bunch that are, he didn't actually say. You probably won't find have your cake and eat yeah, it too. Probably no. Yeah, probably won't find the one about cake. <laughs> but we're going to talk a little bit about something that's near and dear to the charism of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit today. Metanoia. Ooh, what? Metanoia. What is metanoia? Did I even just say a word? Yeah. Was I just exacerbated by our prior conversation? What is this word? Exacerbated by. You might might need to help us. What is this word? (laughs) I think you meant exasperated. (laughs) Maybe I was that too. (laughs) Metanoia is a Greek word, uh, which means to to literally to 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 change uh, your mind. So so meta to change. Uh, and then noia, kind of like the Greek word nous, uh, so to change your mind, but not not mind the way we think. Maybe to to change your heart, to change your soul, to to just change your life, to change your ways. Uh, then we might think a, a word for of conversion. Uh, conversion of life is how we typically speak of of metanoia today. But but this is what we mean by by metanoia, and this is uh, our charism as third order regular Franciscans. And then the Latin word being uh, penitentia. Yes. from which we get the English word penance, mm-hmm. uh, which is very uh, relevant for us during our Lenten practices and penances. And so we'll talk a little bit about uh, that word in general. I think we've done a, a podcast a little bit on we this have, before. Yeah. 
But just retouching on it, I think, very important. Uh, but last time we, we left off talking a little bit about the life of St. Francis, and we left off uh, with St. Francis, that scene with St. Francis in front of the bishop, renouncing his, his um, you know, all the things that his father had given him to take God the Father as his one father and being clothed by the bishop. But if we can talk a little bit now just about, you know, again, metanoia, penitentia, conversion, conversion of heart, and, and St. Francis's own conversion and his story of conversion, um, and how he, you know, was drawn to the Lord, but then also how, you know, living this out as a charism initially <clears throat> for St. Francis, that it wasn't just kind of a one-time event where the, the Francis met the Lord and then the rest was history, but that he lived conversion, mm. that he lived metanoia, that it means continual conversion. And so how, you know, uh, we see this in the life of Francis. And then also how uh, this is what uh, is at the center of Lent in a very real way. Mm. Father Anthony, if maybe you want to. Yeah, so the next thing. So Francis um, <clears throat> had renounces his father, um, renounces his father's goods. It says that I, I will now be known as the son of my heavenly father. And then he actually goes and starts living and serving the lepers. Mm. So that's the first thing he does. And as Father Peter talked about last time, there's this, um, he, he has an aversion to lepers, yeah. right, for previously. He couldn't be near them. He couldn't stand them. He even even they were far away and there was no chance of smelling them, he'd be able to, like, close his nose. Like, he just felt so much better than these. And, and lepers at the time, obviously, it was a, a a disease they didn't have any cure for, couldn't deal with, contagious. And they so they everybody stayed away from lepers. You had to ring the bell, you know, yeah. and, and avoid these lepers. And so Francis has this... Uh, metanoia also can be turn around this this conversion this complete turning around of how he thinks how he acts by not only not being averted to the lepers but actually at this moment going and living with the lepers and serving them caring for them he also goes around and starts begging in the town begging for food begging for money begging for supplies um and some of his friends actually start to join him yeah. so um brother bernard was the first um who was a, a rich young nobleman and uh, he says, uh, Francis, would you come stay with me this this night? And Francis agrees to it. And uh, and so um, Francis pretends to fall asleep. Brother Bernard wants to know how he how he prays. So Francis pretends to fall asleep, and Bernard also pretends to fall asleep. And uh, it's like something out of a sitcom. Yeah, exactly. And then once uh, Francis thinks Bernard is asleep, he gets up out of his bed and kneels down next to his bed, um, and just throughout the night cries out, um, Lord God, who are you and what am I? Mm -hmm. Who are you? He wanted to know who God was. I said, and what am I? And, and, and for Francis, the, the distance between yeah. God and man, which was almost infinite, um, he it was incomprehensible to him how, how great God was and how small he was in comparison. But then also that God would bridge that gap. Mm. You know, the humility of the incarnation, mm -hmm. that God would leave heaven, would, would, would bridge that gap and come down and be born among us. Uh, and for Francis, this was a profound um, contemplation, was the great um, humility of God to come down. And so I think just the first point to make is we, we're talking about, you know, again, <clears throat> how you can have a good Lent. Join St. Francis for Lent, journey with him, is this profound conversion of St. Francis in regards to, one, how he views lepers. Mm -hmm. And we have to ask ourselves, uh, do I have people who I view as lepers in my life? You know, um, the, the vaccinated or the unvaccinated. Sure, yeah. Um, the Democrats or the Republicans. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever it might be that, mm -hmm. that our, our, our worlds, you know, the color of your skin, 
your your social position, right? How much wealth you have, how much you have in the bank account, right? Um, that, that oftentimes our world wants us to be divided mm-hmm. and wants us to, to view uh, certain people as certain groups in certain ways. And oftentimes I think we fall into that mentality um, that um, that we as Christians are, are called to love, um, to love even our enemies. And that's, that, that's so important, that, mm-hmm. that this call to love, it doesn't mean that we agree with them, doesn't mean we don't think that they need to have conversion, but it's not, if I'm, a, I'm better than you, you need to have conversion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I love you so much, I hope you come to know Jesus. And I hope I come to know Jesus too, because I want to know yeah. him. And I want you to know, I want all of us to know him and be, be gathered together. So this is recognition of, uh, first, it's, it's, it's who are the lepers, you know, who, who might we be holding, you know, unforgiveness towards in our own lives, Un- uh, bitterness, <laughs> resentment. Um, any any attitudes, any mentalities we recognize, and maybe it's not just a group, maybe it's an individual, maybe there's someone in our life who really has irked us the wrong way, has hurt us really bad, and we need to forgive. So this call to recognize, oh, I view this other person as a leper, and I need conversion. I need to go and, and convert my heart, convert my mind. And then two, <clears throat> um, to, to enter into that great humility, mm. that great humility that God has, where, where who God... Who are you and what am I? Mm-hmm. Um, this great, beautiful prayer that we can we can say in our Lenten journey to say, okay, I want to humble myself and not think the leper. I'm better than the leper. I'm better than this person. I'm better than anybody else. But I'm, I, I take the lowest place. I go to the lowest place of the table. I go hang out there and I put myself in in that place of great humility, just as as Jesus did when he came and was born among us. What's well, so great about being a follower of Saint Francis is that we not only have the stories of his life, but we also have his own words about his life. Uh, we, he wrote a lot, actually, and and he he the the last thing he wrote is is called his testament that he left to the brothers, and it and he actually reflects upon this moment that he encountered the leper, and he says, "The Lord gave me, brother Francis, thus to begin doing penance in this way, for when I was in sin, it seemed too bitter for me to see lepers." And the Lord himself led me among them, and I showed mercy to them. And when I left them, what had seemed bitter to me was turned into sweetness of soul and body. And afterwards, I delayed a little and left the world. And so Francis is saying that this is how he was led to begin to do penance, that this was how he was led to convert his life. This is how he was led to do metanoia, that that when he was in sin, uh, the Lord led him, the Lord gave him, to go to see the lepers. Um, and, and then he says something so beautiful. He said, I, I showed mercy to them. And then the Lord turned it from something bitter into something sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so to, to just to what your, your point, Father Anthony, is, is, is who are the lepers or, 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 or what are the lepers? Um, and, and, maybe, and maybe we're the leper. Um, maybe there are parts of our own heart that we ostracize from ourselves, that, that we hate, that we won't look at, that we won't touch, that we won't embrace, that we think are ugly. Um, and, and we can go and show mercy to that. Um, and the Lord can turn that um, something bitter into something sweet. And, and that is the spirit of the Lord uh, at work in our lives. And so um, I just think it's so beautiful that that this is how the Lord led him to begin doing penance, to be to begin to converting his life, and that the Lord has and can change what is bitter for us and people who are bitter for us into something that is sweet and soul and body for us. I um, think you know that Francis's own words it, it describing, and you see again going from something bitter to something sweet. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's an inner look into the heart of what was going on and, and what conversion actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's really important for us to, to kind of understand that, um, you know, this process of conversion that happens within our hearts, that there really does, um, you know, the Lord really does shift the way that we see things or, or view things or approach things or um, things that we were not able to do before, people we were not able to tolerate at one point. That, that the Lord really does work in our heart in a deep way where we can actually begin to love these people or, or to love these certain situations or embrace them. Um, and so I'm wondering about, you know, when we talk about uh, Lent and we talk about penances and oftentimes, you know, fasting, uh, penance, almsgiving. Um, almsgiving, uh, it, typically, you know, I've heard of it as, you know, giving of your, 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 your time, your treasures and your talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it very, uh, interesting that, you know, Francis saw something in his life that caused him to react in a way that he knew was not Christ-like. He understood that he, he needed to learn how to love the leper. And so he actually entered into a situation where, you know, in, in my own estimation, he was giving alms. He was, he was mm-hmm. giving of his time to actually minister among the lepers, and so I, I guess getting back to kind of this idea of metanoia, that again, there's like a, there's a relationship between what we do exteriorly uh, in certain, you know, situations and how it affects us interiorly. And I'm wondering, uh, fathers, if you can maybe just talk about this a little bit. Yeah, certainly. Well, I'm going to keep going on our story because I think yeah. the, one of the next scenes in his life is so important to this. So he starts getting followers, and this isn't immediate, but I, I think it's pertinent, is he meets this this young noble woman is hearing him preach. And so Francis is preaching, and uh, she lives outside the cathedral square, and she hears him. And uh, and this is St. Clair, as we know her today, mm. Clair of Assisi. And she hears him, and she actually desires to follow him. So she actually sneaks out of her house. She actually goes through the bridal door, the door that was only opened uh, on the night of a wedding. And she sneaks out that way, which is so appropriate, and, and goes down to the Port Siancola. And there's Francis there with his followers. And what does Francis do? He cuts her hair, right? That this, this woman who I'm sure was, was, was a noble woman, elegant and, and a beautiful hair. And, and what has to happen? The hair gets cut. Now, I, had, I had the privilege, um, Father Petrus and I yeah, witnessed um, the entrance into the visit of a poor Claire mm-hmm. uh, recently, the poor Claire's in, in Tonopah. And uh, I guess the novitiate was actually a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, we just witnessed her vows. Yeah. But at the novitiate ceremony, yeah. um, the, the mother superior cuts her hair as she, as she puts on her habit for the first time. And it's this, this just gut-wrenching, at least for me, emotional experience. Because obviously you see a woman and the beautiful hair and the scriptures talk about the beauty of hair and... Um, and his sister's law and, and friends, you know how much time they take with their hair and how, how important it is. And all of a sudden, like just to see it get cut off, right? Mm-hmm. And just, just chopped off. And, and it's this, um, why? Well, because you're about to put habit on and, and your beauty's for God now. And so your, your hair is being cut. So because why? You're going be, to be putting on um, the religious habit and for the poor clothes going over the head and covering over the hair. Um, and, and in that... Um, again, I just want to point to that, that you talked about the exterior sign for the interior reality, that it's this exterior cutting of the hair, which is more focused on the interior kind of conversion of life. We I make our guys, they have to shave their heads and uh, not with shave a, their beards yeah. and shave their beards. 
Um, they don't pick their heads, but they, just, they mm-hmm. just cut off all their hair and shave their right before they enter into the new vision for us. It's a sign of their going naked into this 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 event. And, and these exterior, they're little things, but it, but it's a great symbol. You know why? Because it's got it's focused on an interior reality of I just I'm laying down everything mm-hmm. and I'm giving away everything. And this external thing has to do with what I really want to happen in the heart. And this is you know talk about almsgiving, fasting. Um, that's why we do penances for Lent. It's why we're supposed to write those checks, you know, to the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit and give a big tie. No, to our church. Good segue. <laughs> and to digital or to whatever. begging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digital begging. Here we go. 21st um, century Friars. Or, or, or whatever the Lord, you know, obviously to give to your church, to give to Catholic Church, whatever almsgiving God has for you to do. Um, whatever penance God has for you. That, that decision not to eat the cake, we talked about right, the person who couldn't eat the cake. That decision to say, you know what, I really want a piece of cake. It's, it's actually, I'm at my cousin's birthday party. Mm-hmm. There's cake, it looks delicious, um, but it's a Friday, it's Lent, I really shouldn't. And to say, I'm not gonna eat the cake. Yeah. Um, to do that, that extra year sign, that extra year decision um, it, it is actually focused on an interior decision. And that is that God this life is very temporary. Um, especially what's going on. We have war going on right now. Mm-hmm. It's had a big pandemic. Like yeah. it's the, the frailty of life. We have five funerals this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fragility of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a recognition that, that, that we don't take anything with us when we go. Um, and, and I'm not you know, like this, this piece of cake might be a temporary pleasure, but I'm not in it for temporary pleasure. Right. I'm not doing the Christian life for temporarily yeah. being happy. Now, if you're in, if you're, you're, you're in the wrong place. If you're yep. trying to do the Christian life and looking for temporary happiness, um, because uh, we're, we're, that's not our pursuits. Our goal is union with God. Our goal is is a relationship, and relationships are not about temporary pleasure, temporary highs. You know, relationships can't survive on that. Relationships are about giving heart, speaking to heart, heart, heart being given over to the other, mm-hmm. and heart being given back. Um, or the other's heart being given. And so um, all that a long roundabout way of saying um, these exterior things uh, of Lent, when they seem hard and they seem, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, why do I have to kneel during uh, the Catholic Church? Why do we, we're always standing and seating and kneeling and doing all these these things? All these exterior gestures, these exterior penances, these exterior things, they're focused on uh, on that interior reality, the interior conversion. But it's about conversion. We're trying yeah. to convert, and we're trying to convert the heart. Mm-hmm. We're trying to convert the heart back to God, and these are ways in which we can do it. What I find so interesting about the way Francis describes this conversion moment with him with the leper is that um, is that the action came before uh, the change of heart. And I think so oftentimes we trick ourselves into thinking that I need to change my heart before I can go do something uh, because, well, I'm just selfish. I'd be doing it for the wrong reasons. I'd be doing it for the wrong motives. Um, uh, I'm not good enough and, and or like I'm not going to like I'm not holy. I'm not going to try to pray and things like that. And and what Francis is telling us is that like like lepers were still bitter for me. I didn't like them. I didn't like to see them. They actually kind of repulsed me. Um, and, and I went and it was in going and doing the thing that then it changed my heart. Um, it wasn't that, oh, I changed my heart and then I was free to go then do this thing. And so I think that, that there's a primacy on, on experience before, um, that there's just like the, 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 
that we need the experience to change our heart. We're not going to change our hearts on our own just through thinking about it or that, 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 that just jump in. Like we're, this, this is my point with the cake. Just like, just get back on the horse. Like yeah. just repent and do, like, just, just, just do it again, man. And like, um, so, and, and, and the Lord will make the, 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 the fasting, the, the bitterness of fasting and the hard, the hardness of fasting, um, sweet. If we just, if we just get back on it, you know, and, and just, leave the shame, leave the fear, leave the self-condemnation and just enter into whatever the thing is. Um, and that will change your heart first. I think about, um, I think it was St. John Vianney. He says something to the effect of, you know, if we have, you know, temptations against or, or towards somebody that we can actually offer those temptations up, the suffering of those temptations for that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and just kind of tying this back in, you know, that, if there are people again that that are lepers in our lives or those parts of our hearts that we struggle with, you know, using those those exterior penances that we take on, those alms or whatever it might be, and and offering those up, offering those sufferings up for those people is mm -hmm. extremely powerful. Yes, yeah. Because um, it's what Jesus did for us on the cross. That you know we don't we don't have anything that we can possibly give to the Lord, and we've all offended Him with our sin, but that He died for us, He suffered immensely mm -hmm. for us. And so to be able to, you know, give up something and offer something up maybe for somebody who's hurt you or for that place in your heart that, that you're unable to give over to the Lord uh, and to really just kind of enter into that um, process of conversion and ask St. Francis to, to help you to do that, to father you through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, Father, what happens next? So <laughs> he, see, he, he goes to St. Clair. Um, he's already got some followers. Um, has he gone to the rule? I, I, I just, I need some help with Father Petrie. Has he gone to see the Pope yet? I don't think so. Or is that the next kind of major? That's a good question where Claire and does he have, he might have gone to the Pope because he gets permission to, to preach. And then he might've been preaching publicly and Claire hears him preach and, and wants to join. I, I, I'm not entirely sure just because different biographies kind of situate things differently. Um, I will say for me that there's a, there's a conversion moment in Francis' life that has always deeply, deeply resonated with me. Mm. And it's, he, he goes to the church and he hears the, the gospel being proclaimed about yeah. how Christ sends you out. And when he sends you out that you're not to take, uh, an extra tunic or sandals or, or, or a money bag or a staff, um, and he goes to the priest afterwards and has the priest, he says, can you explain this to me? And we don't know exactly what that priest said, but he must have explained it very well. Um, and Francis is just so captured by this and just exclaims that this is what I want. This is what I seek. This is what I desire with all my heart. Um, and there's this, and that's, then he does, then he, he, you know, he, he dons the habit and, and, gets rid of his sandals and, and gets rid of his staff and his purse and all these things. And it begins to just concretely live out what he's hearing the, the gospel proclaimed. And so for me that there's this other, there's another one of these conversion moments for Francis where, where he heard the word of God being proclaimed uh, for in, in the liturgy, first and foremost, that this, there was something where he went, it was just that the mother church was speaking and, and that just touched his heart. Um, and it just speaks to just the power of the word of God to really speak to our hearts, um, to speak to the desire of our hearts. 
Um, and then not just to be information for our brains and say, oh, what a nice story or what a cool guy Jesus is, but but that in hearing the word, um, having that actually change our hearts and giving us the strength to to then live what Jesus says and the gospel proclaims to us. So to get to our practical, because we're talking about how to have a good Lent with Francis, yeah. I, I think this nails the head, hits the nail on the head. Um, that it's time to do a little purging hmm. of stuff. Hmm. Um, that that for me, uh, the spring cleaning, as they say, yeah. um, is to try to go through in the Lenten season. I always try to go through it. And, and we don't have much, but I still try to go through what I have and say, you know what, where do I have stuff I don't need, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stuff that's just excess. Um, and now how much is enough? There's a, there's a story about this, this guy who went to this kind of institutional convent. It was a convent, but it was institutional. And, um, and they, they were like, they want to talk about how to better live poverty. And so he's going through and everything else and, and how to better live religious life. And, and he's going through him. Um, he, he went through and the, on the, give the presentation He's there for a week and then Friday gives a presentation and he walks in and he, he literally just lists all the different drink options they have hmm. as they go into their cafeteria. You know, hot coffee, regular coffee, decaf coffee, uh, iced tea, hot tea, black tea, green tea, soda machine with Coke and Pepsi. And he's like, there are 52 different options for drink, you know, milk and everything and water. It's like, when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. Right. When is enough enough? Hmm. And that's such a, such an important question. Something that always resonates me. Like, when's enough enough? Um, and and usually, you don't need much. And uh, it was profound for me. I went to a privilege before I became a Franciscan to go to Ethiopia and do a mission trip with the hmm. missionaries of charity, and see people who literally had nothing. Like even the clothes on their back. Uh, once a week, they would take a shower. They take off all their clothes, put them in a big pile. Go, go run through the shower, all the kids would, come back out and they would just find, there'd be another pile of clothes there and they'd just go find clothes that fit and they'd wear those for the next week. This was like their weekly routine. Like yeah. literally the clothes <laughs> on their back, they don't even own. That yeah. um, they, they had nothing. And uh, one little kid, I, I had this watch on and they loved my little like, the little light that she was wearing digital and mm. my little light shone. This little kid was fascinated with it. So I was like, here, you can have my watch. And another kid like came back and like gave it back to me. And they was basically like, no, 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 this would cause division. Like, mm. it's just better not to have stuff. Mm-hmm. And often, and, and this, so just practical land, like, when is enough enough? Like, when is, when do we just have too much stuff? And, and this stuff is actually holding us down. Because when you have stuff, you have to store stuff, right? And you have yeah. to have um, uh, closets to put them in and containers to put them in, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, build bigger <laughs> barns, as they say, right. to put stuff in. And, and when we have to look through and say, you know what? When's enough enough? Like, and we need stuff. I mean, there's there's things, there's practical things. We need to have, do things for work and have to have clothes and and there's there's the there's the providing for the needs and um but then there there's just it can become excess mm-hmm. and and we can just have a closet full of things. And it's like I've I've not worn any of these or used any of these things for five yeah. years. Why do I keep dragging them around with me? Yeah. And so it might be time to just kind of go through stuff and say, okay, it's time to give this stuff away. And for some of us, it's hard to throw stuff away, which is why things like Saint Vincent de Paul are so wonderful. To go run to a St. Vincent de Paul um, and drop your stuff off. And mm-hmm. uh, and anything that's worth keeping, they'll keep. You know, if it's not, then they'll they'll um, we'll get rid of it. But um, I just want to encourage people that Francis, he's like, I'm gonna have nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm gonna gonna take no- I'm gonna let go of my my cloak and I'm gonna put on this habit. All right. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put on a simple cord. And, and we need to recognize that we have lots and lots of stuff, and sometimes we get more and more stuff. Um, and it doesn't doesn't make us happy. Because stuff can't fill in the void of, of relationship. And that's what we're longing for is relationship, ultimately with God and then with others. 
it it reminds me of like what's kind of popular right now is this whole like minimalist movement and and there are so many ways in which the world maybe mimics is is too strong of a word but but they do things that are seemingly christian you know divest you know live simply like um or like do this intermittent fasting and and uh and and so like if we're talking about the conversion of our heart that like if you are going to and i we encourage you to do this to get rid of stuff um that the the reason you are doing it has to be for love of god and love of neighbor like when you stand before the Lord and he asks you like, well, why did you clear your closet out? And you're like, well, because like I wanted the tax write-off from Vincent DePaul or <laughs> I just wanted more space for this other thing or, or you know, I, well, like I just wanted to save money and so I went all minimal. I wanted to feel good about myself. Yeah, I wanted to feel good about myself. And it's just like, um, like no, like, um, like just our, we want supernatural motives. You know, and then, then, so we stand before the Lord and say, well, why did you empty out your closet or why did you empty out your pantry or why did you get rid of stuff? And I said, well, because like, because the gospel asked me to, and because I love you and I was trying to do the best I could to follow you and to serve like my brother and sister who, who perhaps were lepers, but like, I was just doing my best Lord for, for love of you and love of neighbor. And so like, we always want to be doing these things, um out of charity and out of a supernatural motive. Otherwise we, we just, we just look like the world and, and, and we're no better when we stand before the Lord, you know, all of our reasons and our excuses are going to fall short. <laughs> so maybe there's a couple things that's it's time to, to kick to the curb here. I, I even remember, you know, before coming into community, I, I recognized that even like religious objects, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like just because like it's a religious object, mm-hmm. you know, like you can get attached to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like maybe if you're like getting a new rosary every like three days, it's time to give away some of those rosaries, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, any little thing can come between us and the Lord. So my friends, my fathers, my brother, wonderful listeners, my son, <laughs> amen. <laughs> We've come to that time where we all get to eat cake with our hands. Yes. Thanks be to God. I've been waiting for this for <laughs> two years doing this podcast. I'm going to ask a question. <clears throat> and the question that I'm going to ask is, who in the scriptures is uh, inspiring to you as a uh, character who embodies this idea of metanoia, penitentia, of conversion? Uh, for me, it's the, the, the guy that I'm named for, St. Peter. Um, and it's probably why my philosophy at the beginning of the podcast was just like, well, just who cares if you ate the cake and just jump back in. Cause Amen. Peter was just like, Peter was always messing it up and like, like you are the Christ. And then the next moment he's like, Lord, no, don't go to the cross. And it's like, one moment it's like, I will build my, you, you are rock Peter and I'll build my church upon you. The next one was like, get behind me, Satan. You know, and it's like, like, Lord, call me out in the water and you take two steps. And then it's like, I'm drowning, Lord, save me. Um, so I think Peter is this great example of just conversion where he, he tries and he fails and he tries and he fails and he tries and he fails. He denies the Lord, you know, three times. And, and the Lord just always picking him back up and always embracing him and always loving him and just um, always there for him. So, so for me, it's, it's St. Peter. Amen. It's going to be David. Nice. Um, so here's, I'm, I'm fascinated 
And I think this is a great uh, prayer uh, time for people. It's a longer prayer time, you know, a mm-hmm. prayer period in your life. But to go through the book of Kings and to read it, and the, the first two, the two books of Kings, and read how every single king is compared to David. Mm. And it was all like, this king loved me, but not nearly as much as David did. Uh, this king was wicked, nothing like David. And every other king is compared to how, like David, a man after the Lord's heart. Um, yeah, yeah. And yet, David sl- slept with an, of his, his friends. Gen- his general's wife. His general's wife, yeah. and then had his general killed. Yeah. He's a murderer and adulterer. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we let the, the mistakes of our life define us. That, that David made a terrible mistake and he mm-hmm. recognized that. Um, and, and he suffered because of it. But yet he was able to move forward. He's able to go forward and, and not let that moment, that bad decision define the rest of his life. He didn't get stuck in that. and was able to move forward and, and, and his heart was ever dedicated to the Lord. And even despite that sin, his heart was focused on God and all things. Mm-hmm. He's one of the very, 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 very few kings who does not worship or allow worship to pagan gods yeah. in, of the Israelites. Um, and so uh, just David, I find incredibly inspirational as a man of, of deep conversion. I would also second David. No, you need your own. Yeah, sorry. What? Taken. Yeah, well, David's That taken. doesn't help the people of God. Yeah. He's uh, been drafted already. You got to draft someone else. Well, I'm not even ready now. Because <laughs> I should just eat some cake. <laughs> That's right. I have um, cake and eat it too. Well, I'm going to have to think about this. All right. I mean, Paul's a good one. Paul is a good one. He is a good one. <sighs> to be continued. <laughs> okay. I understand. I've been there before. <sighs> well, friends, persevere. Amen. Persevere in your Lenten penances and in your prayers and, and allow the Lord to really transform you. During this time, this grace time, and we pray for the intercession of St. Francis to be upon us. And just, if you don't mind, just a, a reminder to people that we're talking about conversion. I think we have some practical steps. I think it's just to help people on their Lenten journey. One, one, it was conversion of life. One was on the exterior. Mm-hmm. What are the external things in my life maybe I need to get rid of? Maybe mm-hmm. I'm attached to. And maybe it's just because I have too much. Or maybe I'm just really attached to this thing and it's time mm-hmm. to let it go. God wants me to let it go in my life. So external. And then interiorly, who, who are the lepers? Yeah. Who is there someone in my life that I need to forgive? Maybe it's myself. Yeah. Um, where's the conversion to happen in my own heart? And who do I need, do I need to recognize I've, I've made a leper and need to uh, recognize that the Lord must make that sweet? by bringing conversion in my heart towards this person, this individual, this thing. Amen. Amen. Father, would you lead us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you pour forth uh, your spirit, uh, Lord, that spirit of the Lord upon us now, uh, to give us the the strength to to run this race well, to enter deeply into this Lenten observance, uh, to be faithful to you in all things. Uh, we ask for St. Francis's intercession to come and give us a, a spirit of, of metanoia, of conversion. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.